Welcome to Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing the first half of season one in Star Trek Discovery. Plus, I'm going to share the Star Trek gifts I got for Christmas. I don't think Kate got any Star Trek gifts. No, I don't think people like my friends and family know that I watch it. Right. That makes sense. I'm sure you got other lots of lovely gifts. I bought myself a Star Wars sweater that oh. I'm wearing right now, which is oh. actually... Oh. <laughs> Kate! <laughs> Just like <Speaking> injury. <laughs> I put it on because it's cold in this room and it's a cozy hoodie and it's oh. new and it was 30% off. Keep your judgment. Fine. Fine. Okay. I just took a very, like, pointed sip of tea <laughs> punctuation there. Okay. Um, we don't really have many announcements this week other than to say that we're getting back to our regular release schedule for Star Trek Discovery. So you can expect to see Star Trek out on Sunday for fans with CBS All Access or the Space Channel. And then for people like me in Canada who are stuck with Crave TV, we get it a day later on Monday. I was going to say... Mm-hmm. Not so much an announcement, but something that I thought you'd be proud of me about. Mm-hmm. At work a couple of days ago, I don't remember if I brought it up or if somebody else brought it up, but the new Star Trek did come up and I like talk to people at work about it. Awesome. I about, am like, proud of you. Theories and plots and stuff. And I was like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. It's so nice. Cool. That's cool. I like that. That's- we had to be a little bit like somebody wasn't all cut up, so we couldn't really get into it. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're off on long-term leave now because they need surgery. So That sucks. Yeah, (laughs) it does actually. How has your Christmas been in general? Christmas was great. Yeah, friend Christmas Um, was good. Friend's Christmas, otherwise other people call it New Year's. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I got some new cross-stitch supplies. Oh. Yeah. I got a Sephora gift card. That I have no idea what I want to spend it on because I literally just bought myself something expensive at Sephora. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, well, that was two days late, but you can save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about you? Um, my Christmas has been a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so oh right, you injured yourself. Yes, <laughs> yes. On the 27th, before putting my kids to bed. We had just watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and of course, we're therefore having to practice our own ninja, ninja moves. And uh, I went to do, uh, you know, a nice kick, and my legs just went right out from under me, and I slammed down onto my right wrist, extremely painfully. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I'm laughing. No, it's okay. I'm I'm telling it in such a way as to evoke some humor. It's all good. When I saw you post on Facebook that you were going to the emergency room, I assumed you'd slipped on ice or something. <laughs> no. No. You know, like that common winter time injury. Like the four or five other people who had slipped and fallen on ice who were also in emergency that night? No, no. I yeah. was special. I was in my kitchen. Um, so, yes, I slipped. I fell. I had to go to the emergency where I spent six hours because they were having a very, very busy night. And I have now a lovely green cast because even though the bones weren't broken, I injured a particular bone, which I'm sure some of our listeners will know. Like I'm thinking strangely literal. You'll know what I'm talking about here. 
but when it presents as tender and even though it's not broken, they still will cast it for two weeks usually. And then when I go back on January 17th, because that's the earliest appointment I could get to look at it again, <laughs> more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, when they go back, they take the cast off and there's no pain anymore, then it gets to stay off. But if they take the cast off and I still have pain and tenderness, then it's like an eight-week cast. Jeez. So. Now, I know they gave you a green cast. Yeah, I, I picked green. But Oh, okay. Well, no more turtle moves, though. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> well, clearly I need to keep practicing. And I think it was the choice of sock that I was wearing. I don't think ninjas wear fuzzy wool socks. I'll just have to go barefoot for my ninja moves now. I was going to say, more traction. from various movies and things that I've seen, I'm pretty sure when you're practicing martial arts, you practice barefoot. Yeah. Especially when you're on like a slick slate tile floor. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things about running shoes also. Yes. Yeah. So, So that's how my Christmas started. And then... It's been generally good, and then my son got sick last night, so that kind of was also not good. And then I was, even though he slept, I was kind of up worrying, because that's what you do when you're a parent. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I will say our last episode, I released like three days late, because... When I was editing it, my program that I use just crashed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, and it was like three in the morning, which isn't late for me. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still just like, well, I'm not dealing with that right now because yeah. it, it was just going to be so much work to get it back. And then because it was the week before Christmas, I didn't have time again until Christmas Eve. Right. <laughs> Because that's just how you wanted to be spending your Christmas Eve, right? Well, I think it was Christmas Eve morning. So, again, okay. it was like three in the morning. Okay. So, I guess technically December 23rd. But okay. still, like I was plans every single day and did not have five minutes to turn on my computer again. Right. Right. But you got it out and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that occurred to me... Um, was because I... I got spoiled by my husband, um, who gave me a lot of different Star Trek things, which I will talk about shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it occurred to me that we might start an Instagram. Oh, where I sh- share the pictures with people. Because I mean, my verbal description I know is top notch, but still, it's kind of fun to see it. And then I would come in rogue and what show you my my Mass mm. Effect clothing collection. <laughs> You have Star Trek, I have all of other sci-fi. No, but sometimes you do share pictures of, like, how you're watching Star Trek or things like that. That's true. That's true. I do do that. Yeah. So, I'm not saying it would be the most prolific Instagram account, but, yeah, we'll see. Anyways. So, Kate, what do you think we should do? Do you think we should talk about Star Trek Discovery first, or should I talk about my Christmas presents first? You know, we just had a fun Christmas bit, mm-hmm. so let's go into the show and then come back to a fun Christmas bit. I think that's a good way to proceed. Sandwich yes. it with holidays. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, just another quick, I don't know, announcement mm-hmm. uh, thing. Um, I did finally, finally see The Shape of Water, and mm-hmm. it was really good, and everybody should go see it. Yes, and 
sort of related. Um, my husband and I got some time for us both to watch Star Trek Beyond again. And he really, we both really enjoyed it. And so we... I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. And then, but then we had like a whole evening to ourselves, right? So we had planned to watch two movies. But we so enjoyed that movie that we couldn't think of a good like follow-up movie that we hadn't seen yet. Like we got the Hunger Games. We were like, oh, we've kind of thought of maybe putting on the Hunger Games. But we're like, we don't really want to follow up the Star Trek high with like grim dystopian sort of. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a good time movie. No, no. So we kind of had a little dilemma there afterwards. But what'd you end up doing? We ended up putting on The Hobbit and falling asleep. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the time we finished talking about Star Trek and then dithering around trying to figure out what we were going to watch, we weren't starting the next movie until like 10. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, The Hobbit, not a good movie. Not a good movie at all. So far, I'm agreeing with you. But anyway. And I say that as a huge Tolkien fan. Yes, you mm-hmm. are a huge Tolkien fan. So, although I remember the first Hobbit coming out and people liking it. Oh, I remember the first Hobbit coming out and everybody hating it. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm getting my Hobbits mixed up. But not to. Okay, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but now jumping into Star Trek, did you get a chance to watch any more than the first few episodes? No, I only watched. Uh, I only rewatched the first three. Mm-hmm. I tried to rewatch the final one last night because actually I don't remember much of what happened in it. Mm-hmm. But my Wi-Fi was just having problems and mm. streaming. Blah 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 blah. I did. So I signed up to watch, to rewatch the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. I ended up signing up for the free trial for Crave yeah. and watching them on my tablet at work. Oh, okay. As you can imagine, I got a lot of work done that night. <laughs> yep. Yep. For anybody listening, I just want to say I work graveyards where I just do like data entry. <laughs> so we can watch and listen to things while we work as long as we are actually working. Yes. Uh, I didn't do much of it that night, though. Mm-hmm. And even for my office job, like part of my like I've got work to do, but then part of it's like customer service. And like if I'm caught up with all of my work and there's no customers coming in, I will sometimes also get to watch a little TV. But oh, usually that's an invitation for customers to come line up. So it doesn't yeah. happen very often. If I had more of a stickler supervisor, I would not be able to watch TV. But yeah, and I only do it on days where I don't have a coworker. So yeah, it's not very often at all. New section, how Kate and Jen slack off at work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, I did get a chance to rewatch it, though not all at once. And I do kind of want to have that, like, binge experience at some point. But I watched mm-hmm. it in, like, sort of two or three episode sections. Um, so my memory's probably a little fresher. But from what you do remember, what were sort of the high points? Okay. You know, overall, I've liked, I've really enjoyed the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think everybody was very perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. And as much as like some, maybe I don't like a character, I do like the ensemble. You know what I mean? Right. Like, even if in the show that character is a jerk or something, I think 
they're written that way. I don't I don't dislike characters because they're poorly written or anything like that. Right. I love Michael and Tilly. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed all the the fun theory behind I don't remember anybody's name. Oh my god. <laughs> That's not a good sign, typically. Tyler. Tyler. I've liked his whole story and just like how everybody knows, but nobody knows. Right. But everybody knows. Except for Jen, who's still holding out hope, presumably. <laughs> yes. Sure. I will die on this hill. Or you'll be proven wrong um, very quickly. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think the cast is some of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed most of the people. Um, my least favorite cast member is probably Tyler, actually. Um, really? Yeah. I don't know. I just... I'm I'm having a hard time connecting. I, I think they do that on purpose, though. Like, if that makes sense. Maybe. That... That, that could be that's, it. But that's the feel I get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dr. Culber as well. I haven't really... Oh, we haven't uh, seen too much of him. I know. I feel like we need a Culber episode. Mm-hmm. Where there's like a medical thing going on that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And um, I've liked the bits where they've been... Sciency, mm-hmm. and yeah, okay. I like I like the science aspects of it. Like I like the I like the spore drive concept. I wish they had more time to explore some of the other science bits that we've seen. Um, like especially in the last episode. Uh, or the last couple episodes with the giant crystal transmitter and the Pavians and yeah, they did kind of just ditch that. <clears throat> yeah. So I would have preferred more time with that storyline. Mm-hmm. I think Kristen Bayer did a really good job writing the episode, but I would have liked to have seen it drawn more through the next episode with some more continuity. But you know, that's fine. Maybe they'll come back there. And what were some of the low points for you? Um, well, killing Michelle Yale, which I had to yes. watch again, which was sad. Mm-hmm. She was so great in those episodes. God, I love her. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I rewatching the first, uh, or the second ep- or third, whatever. The first mm-hmm. couple episodes, I kind of feel like at the beginning, the way that they wrote Tilly was almost as if she could have had a learning disability of some kind or a mm-hmm. uh, social disability. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm using the right terms. Please correct me if I'm being no, I'm not. Those are the terms that I've seen. Okay, cool. But then they sort of ditched that and made her more... Uh, that uh, acceptable. Let's go with no. Let's not go with that. Um, I'm trying to think of a word that's not normal. 
You know what I mean? That's not the word normal. (laughs) Right, right. Um, She seemed to have... Well, she even referred to herself as having challenges. I can't remember the exact line. I think that was then played for a joke with her snoring. Is that with her snoring? I think. Um, But they could have gone somewhere else with that. Yeah. And then when they get into the time loop episode... Yeah. um, That was where you see the biggest divergence. Now... Yeah, because at first they kind of showed her as being kind of awkward and mm-hmm. as Burnham being, you know, basically her only friend. But then in the time loop episode, when there is a party, she is very social and she has all these friends. And I'm not saying I, and, and also she very much understood the relationship dynamics happening between Michael and Tyler. Yes. And I'm not saying I disliked that Tilly. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that if she had had a, uh, social or mental disability or learning disability or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that, that would have just been a better place for Star Trek to go for inclusivity, especially with her desire to become a captain and her ambition and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I would have preferred that they stuck with that. Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting to see that. And I'm not sure if they sort of just departed from her character for that time loop episode. Mm. Um, because we don't see her in many other group situations so it's hard to judge just based on her interactions with Michael who we see her with most of the time Uh, or when she's on her job which again isn't the same sort of social situation because you can have people you can have people with you know um, learning disabilities or um other behavioral social challenges who can function um, in certain situations one way and then their challenges only present when they're in different circumstances. That That's very true, obviously. Um, but I also, I guess, I honestly thought that the reason we had never seen her in a group before that was because she didn't have other friends. Right. You know, like that that was a pointed writing place for her right right I, I, that whatever that sentence i don't know um during the break here i've also listened to a few other star trek podcasts mm-hmm. and that characterization of tilly being inconsistent was one of the things that was brought up on one of the other podcasts as well mm-hmm. okay. and so i'm not insane yeah no no uh, definitely not insane and it does seem inconsistent so far Mm-hmm. so yeah but it's one of those things where like I don't think we've seen enough of any one character or at least we haven't seen enough of Tilly to really get a full picture yeah yeah that's fair I mean I think with Michael we've had enough exposition from her and about her to have a more fully formed picture but because Tilly is like on the side we're not specifically addressing any of those things. So it's just what we're picking up from our own observations of her behavior. So it could be inconsistent and this could be a case of the writers dropping the ball. Um, Or it could just be that like, this is consistent and we're just not getting the full picture of her because we haven't seen enough of her and about her. This is very true. And like the only characters I think that we've seen 
um, enough screen time of and about to make really good judgment calls would be like, obviously, Michael. Um, I think we've seen probably close to enough of Lorca. I was going to say Lorca, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of Lorca that we've seen is misleading because I think he lies a lot and that sort of thing. So, yes. Yeah. So that that one's iffy, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've seen enough of Saru or Stamets yet, even to... Stamets? You know what? Upon watching the first three episodes again, Mm -hmm. I think I felt that Stamets was... Mm-hmm. How to say. So when I first watched, especially the time loop episode, I thought that was very inconsistent writing. Mm-hmm. But upon rewatching the beginning of like when you first meet him, mm-hmm. I don't think so anymore. Like he mm. did seem quite surly at the beginning, but I do think that was just because, you know, a strange person was shoved into his lab and Yeah. And then a good friend of his dies and Yeah. That all happens very quickly. Well, I think he's very salty as well about the entire fact that, like, his, you know, scientific work just gets picked up by Starfleet and they re-sign the, like, all the resources and stuff and are just like, and it's being used for the war effort now. Like, that is not something that a scientist gets over in, like, a couple weeks. Yeah. Right? Like, that is, I could see months later (laughs) where you're... (laughs) still kind of upset about this. Um, So, like, I had no problem with his early surly behavior. And then as well, like, as soon as he did, like, the tardigrade genetic manipulation on himself and we start seeing him do the jumps, Mm -hmm. like, personality inconsistencies come up. Right? Like, that's part of what's happening. That's part of the entire plot here. Um, Whereas Tilly's personality inconsistencies, we don't really have any plot point that they're hinging on right yeah i just i just like Smith's better now that i have more of a like i like him better from the beginning now that i have more of an understanding of who he is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess it's true of most people yeah and i have to say like for me this season lows well the first mud episode and in part, the second mud episode, even though I think they did the time loop really well, the second mud episode has some problematic aspects. And what else? What else? I still dislike the design of the Klingons. <laughs> and it's a good thing I'm not a ship person, um, <clears throat> like a starship person. I can kind of appreciate the good special effects and, like, the cool ship shots, but, um, that was really awkward ship shots. Um, (laughs) uh, there are people who, like, they can recognize all the ships, they know about the design of the ships, they, you know, they are really interested in the starship designs, and I've seen some comments online criticizing the Klingon ship redesigns as well. And I'm just not as interested about that aspect, so I haven't been bringing it up. And I'm sure if I were interested in it, I would also dislike the Klingon ship redesign. (laughs) (laughs) So everything about the Klingons you're you're against? Uh, Not everything. It's I dislike the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the plot line has been okay. I would love to see even more uh, point of view from the Klingon side of things. Um, I don't know if we're going to continue to get much of that going forward or what's going to happen with the Klingon um, people we've seen. Mm -hmm. Plot-wise, I think they've done okay, except again for that first Mud episode where I feel like there was inconsistencies with the character. Oh, yeah. And um, the death of Georgiou, I thought, was a low point. And there's a few other bits here and there where it, it didn't feel like... Like in the pilot episodes with the way... Or not the pilot episodes, the third episode where they had the prisoners being transported. And I didn't like the feel of all of that. And like the Alice in Wonderland bit that they picked up for like right. an episode. Yeah. Haven't done anything else with. I had completely forgotten about that. And then when I was watching that episode and she starts quoting Alice in Wonderland while she's in the tunnel thing again, I was like, right, this was super <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. Just came in out of nowhere. Um, and it would, I, I would love it if they would make like Alice in Wonderland like a nice, like, it doesn't even have to be like very heavy handed, but just a very light touch uh, recurring thing as she's exploring her human side, because that's a lot of what her character journey is about is mm -hmm. like, you know, she was human and then she was raised Vulcan for a long time. And then part of why she was partnered with Georgiou was because to re like explore the human aspect again. And then she seems to be having to come to terms with a lot of, like the sides going the two sides of her integrating and when to trust her human side and when to trust her Vulcan side. And it would have been nice if they had like lightly had some callbacks to that Alice in Wonderland bit when she is exploring her human side. Yeah. Um, Cause then it would be just like, you know, these nice thematic sorts of things. But they haven't really done that. Unless, of course, that dream sequence was supposed to also be an Alice in Wonderland thing, and I missed it because I'm not well-versed in Alice in Wonderland. But the dream sequence itself was also bad. Yeah. So, so when I was rewatching, I took, like, four notes. Oh, and yeah? So I, because it's me. Also, I was technically working. Well, Yeah. So I did want to bring up that I thought it was interesting that Klingon is the first thing we hear mm -hmm. in the first episode. So it kind of sets the the Klingon-y mood. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and then I just wrote down that everything was so happy at the beginning when they're on that planet. And Georgiou is like, you're going to have a command of your own. Mm -hmm. It was so nice. It was. It was a nice, nice vision. And at the end of episode three, when they destroyed the Glen, and mm -hmm. Lorca says, it's just a ship. I was like, imagine somebody saying that about your ship, sir. Like, <laughs> It's interesting because we do know that Lorca's, Lorca destroyed his last command with the crew on board rather than have them taken prisoner by the Klingons. Mm-hmm. So I just oh. he just feels really 
connected to Discovery, I guess. Yeah, but I don't think he cares about the ship itself if it weren't for the spore drive. Mm. The special things it can do. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think so long as the spore drive, you know, weren't going to get into the hands of the enemy, or like he would destroy it so that the spore drive wouldn't get into the hands of the enemy. Also, I had to rewatch Saru salting his tea. And. <laughs> I noticed that the pepper is right there as if he was going to pick it up next. Oh. Ugh. Yuck. Like, like not just on the table, but like right beside the cup, you know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Could not the replicator pre-salt and pepper his tea? Well, I mean, I'm sure you could. Like ordering, you know, from a coffee shop here, people right. sometimes like, you know... They at least order it with cream in it. And, and, or like sometimes if you're at Starbucks and you get like a, you know, so many shots of whatever. I'm sure you could program the replicator to do that. Interesting thought. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. That's okay. Those are the notes that I made while supposed to be working. Yeah. And then how, like, okay, you said you don't really remember the last episode. I remember that they end up in an alternate universe, probably. They end up somewhere okay. they don't know where they are. Right? Oh, shoot. Right. Um, well, what ends up happening is, so they go to the Pavo, and yep. when I rewatched this, I have to say, that whole Pavo and the Pavians mm-hmm. had a way more ominous feel to it when I rewatched it again. Okay. Um, just like, okay, so they're on this planet where they didn't think there was any life, and then you know, these beings appear mm-hmm. and then these energy beings lead them to a hut. And I'm like, why would a planet full of energy beings have a constructed hut mm-hmm. shelter? They've done this before. I was like, what is going on? And then, you know, they, I mean, Saru says that he wasn't possessed by them. Um, that he just like communicated with them, mm-hmm. and but then he goes off and he like destroys the communicators and he's like, no, we're not gonna leave the planet. Um, we're you know gonna do our own thing here, um, and then Burnham goes off to set up the crystal transmitter thing so that they can try and detect the cloaks. Mm-hmm. Of the Klingon ships, and she does that under the orders of Tyler because he's like, even though she protests, because she's like, we can't like this is first contact protocol. We can't just use their technology without their permission. And he's like, you know what? From what I see, they have like perhaps taken over our first officer. Like we have to complete our mission. It's more important than first contact protocols. So Burnham goes off to do that. Saru runs after her. They have a fight. They end up talking to the Pavians and sort of explaining what's going on briefly in like a two-minute, too-long-didn't-read summary to them. Mm-hmm. And then the Pavians send out a signal. Yeah, okay. Both the Federation and the Klingons. Yes. And the Pavians, like, Tyler arrives at the crystal transmitter thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear to me if he has run there or if the Pavians have somehow transported him there. And 
just think about that if he has come into the same sort of communion with the Pavians as Saru does. Mm-hmm. And the fan conspiracy theory is true. Mm-hmm. And then the Pavians go to contact both the Klingons and the Federation. Like, after having, like, read both Saru's mind and knowing things and uh, Tyler's mind and knowing things. Mm -hmm. I just, like, I think there's so much more there that could have been explored with the Pavians. So I'm like, why are we just now leaving them? Because in the next episode, it's just like, oh, the Klingons are going to come and they're going to assume the Pavians are helping us and they're probably going to destroy the planet. And that's why they have to, like, stay and defend the Pavians. Yeah. And then they they didn't really touch on the Pavians at all in the next episode, right? No, they're just there to pass, like, they're just there as a thing to be protected. Yeah. And they come up with this sensor thing that they have to board the Klingon ships and deploy these giant loud sensors. Oh, right. The in a stealthy manner. I'd forgotten about those. And they, yeah, yeah. And then they have to do, like, in order to get the data in time, they have to do like 134 spore drive jumps in like four minutes, which just about kills. Yeah, yeah I remember um, that. Yep. Stamets. Stamets, yep. And, the, and they have the whole scene where Lorca objects to Burnham being part of the away team for motives we weren't really clear about, like yeah. why he was objecting. And uh, I also would have thought twice before sending my security chief, who was imprisoned by Klingons, onto a ship with Klingons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. Sorry, did we ever find out why he objected to Burnham going? No. No, we didn't. I mean, we had some ideas. Yeah, okay. That, that was what I was thinking it. about. Yeah. It was like, well, maybe it was a, a brief show of, like, ethical concern for putting somebody who is essentially a prisoner and has no ability to consent oh, in a life-threatening situation. That doesn't sound like Lorca, though. No. The fact that she's on the ship at all is kind of a breach of that uh, whole concept of prisoners having rights of consent yeah. to things. So. And then... They manage to get their data. They destroy the Klingon ship along with what's his name? But they've got Lorel and Admiral Admiral Cornwall right. off of it. And Admiral Cornwall went back. Right. Yep. She's no longer on Discovery. She took a medical transport shuttle. Yeah, that's what it was. And then because the Klingons knew their ship got destroyed, there was a whole bunch of Klingon ships apparently approaching the border. Right. And Discovery had to get out of there, and Lorca was like, Oh, no, no, Stamets, it's okay, we'll warp back. And Stamets was like, Well, for the safety of my crew, I'll jump one more time. Right. And then they're somewhere else now. Did they confirm that it was some sort of alternate universe, or was it just like, We don't know where we are? I think that the only, like, Saru just said, We don't, I don't know where we are, Captain. The end. There's no. And, uh, Obviously, they will pick up with figuring out where they are next Yay. week. I am excited for that. And, yeah. I am too. Yeah, that'll be yes, good. Yes, I am very excited and for that. Yeah, okay. I don't remember. I had completely forgotten about those stupid transmitters. 
<laughs> yeah. One of the other podcasts that I listened to uh, picked up on that as well. They were like, why, if you're trying to be stealthy, like, why do you have a sensor the size of a toddler that chirps and has lights? You're trying and I get to that they weren't there very long, but it, it just got me how they were literally front and center stamped with the, uh, the Federation symbol. <laughs> like, no chance of them blending in. Well, and they talk. Oh, yeah, they talk. The sensors talk. The sensors say, yep. uplink to discovery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess uh, they just yeah. had to use what they yeah. had, but... Uh. Yeah. Well, but I mean, even like I was thinking, slap some duct tape over yeah. the freaking speaker. Every parent knows that trick was their kids kids' <laughs> toys. Like <laughs> Um anyway. Um some really, really good things mm-hmm. I think Star Trek Discovery has been doing. I do want to highlight those. Um first of mm-hmm. all, having diversity in their cast. Uh the fact that like uh, Tyler's character uh, they hired him and he even pointed out in an interview that the casting call wasn't for a person of color right he just got the part yeah because a lot of times those are the specific ways he gets roles is only when they're looking for a person yeah. of color that they're just looking at those diverse people that they cast a uh, gay couple uh, played yes, by gay actors which is huge um, which is crazy I love that. that it's huge but carry on. People suck. Well, yes. straight people suck. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also that it's not written in a heavy-handed way. Oh, their relationship. Just... Sorry, I thought you were talking about the show in general there, and I was like, yeah. what do you mean? But, you know, their relationship. <laughs> yeah, the, the relationship in particular. It's not like it's there's like, you know a plot reveal moment of they're gay or anything yeah. like that. It's just like, there's two people. They happen to be gay. This is normal life. It's fine. And yeah. Yeah. After, after watching into darkness in particular, that's, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry. Into darkness or oh, no, no, sorry. Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. It was beyond I had on, like, the straight couples other than, that one, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When they showed the couples at the beginning yeah. on the ship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so those were some really nice parts that I think they're doing well. And there are a lot of, um, it's not just the main cast that's diverse, mm-hmm. it's also like the supporting cast with lots of, well, I'm not going to say lots of, but with women of color, um, women in the background, people of color. Um, being present on the ship in the background. I was definitely just going to point out a bunch of other um, like diverse characters when I remember that the memories that I'm having are definitely from Star Wars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be fair, I saw The Last Jedi uh, yesterday again. So it's just fresh okay. in my head. Okay. Apologies. Okay. I was, I was going to say uh, hopefully in this second half here, mm-hmm. and probably more so with the second season, mm-hmm. whenever we get that, um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the background characters, like more yes. of Dr. whatever his name is, 
Culber. Yep. Him. And I, I just hope we get to know the rest of the crew a little bit more and hopefully have time. Like, as much as yeah. I like the whole war story and that sort of thing, I hope we get more time to explore the ship and the people. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe since Discovery is now, like, lost and hopefully will not have any, you know, Klingon battles to fight, maybe for an episode or two, that there may be a couple of really good science-focused episodes coming up. Mm-hmm. And then we might get to see more of some of the side characters as well. Because there's, like, the um, Aram, and I can't remember her rank, but she is the spore drive navigation officer okay um and then there's awosakun who is i believe the regular navigation officer which one is that um that's um the woman of color on the bridge okay i know who you mean yeah yeah and i think and the, the other lady on the bridge mm-hmm. With the interesting hair, or head thing. Yeah. She's from the original ship. Yes. So I'd be interested in seeing more of her dynamic with Michael, which we never really get to see at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be really interested in that, too. And then there's also been a couple of, like, communication officers in the background as well. And... Mm -hmm. I've seen a few links on social media giving interviews and having the actors talk about the character and things like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to read them, unfortunately, because I saw this right before Christmas when I was studying for my exam. And, yeah. So, I'm hoping we get more into that in, in season two, or in second half of season one and season two. Yeah, me too. That, I, that's what I'd really like while they're, like, if just to remind every all the listeners, Jen is hoping that they're in this probable alternate dimension for like one episode while I'm hoping they spend the rest of season two there or season one. Uh, So I'm hoping that they do spend the rest of the season there and we do get to explore more of the cast dynamic and that sort of thing. It's not necessarily that I'm hoping that they're only there for one episode Mm -hmm. as much as I'm predicting that they're only going to do one, maybe two episodes and then they're going to be back to their normal thing because i think they have to like wrap up some ends of the klingon war although i think it would be cool if they stayed there for the rest of season one and then when they finally do get back in season two that may have complicated things with the end of the klingon war that's sort of what i was thinking like the federation's not going to know where they are are there right so admiral cornwell arrives at the starbase we know that the Klingon ship's been destroyed, but then Discovery never checks in. They can't find it. They assume the Klingons have destroyed it. Now they're, the tactical advantage of the spore drive is gone for the Federation. I don't know if they'd have the cloaking sensor mm-hmm. thing. So that could really put the Federation on the ropes with the Klingon war. I mean, but we know how the war ends. <laughs> so well, we do. Yeah, I guess I kind of like if they are uh, out of the war, 
like because we know how the war ends mm-hmm. there's i feel like there's more stakes if we're not in the war you know what i mean because mm-hmm. we don't know how the ship ends or whatever yes and like raising the stakes reminds me that a lot of people online have an idea that we may see another character die before the mm-hmm. end of the season honestly it's probably gonna be tyler really well how that's your they, prediction how are they gonna really resolve things yeah yeah that's you have a good point then they're gonna need to train another security chief <laughs> yeah the discovery does like to go through them yeah <sighs> but um i hope it's not tilly some people think it might be stamets because of like everything that's happened this genetic manipulation i guess it could be stamets i would not like that at all i would not like that and there are layers to why i would not like that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like, don't do it, CBS. That would be bad. Okay? That would be lots of bad. Mm-hmm. In terms of story, I think that Tyler does sort of make sense. Then we'd also get rid of his stupid lines about, you know, maybe not ending the war so that he and Burnham can date. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Because then he'd be dead, and so she wouldn't get to date him either way. Problem solved. <laughs> Yeah, you're feeling very charitable towards him, I see. <laughs> well, um, I've rewatched the shows, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I was also listening to some other podcasters' commentary, and I'm not, I'm not going to name any particular podcasts or particular podcasters mm-hmm. for a few reasons. Um, I had very little time, mm-hmm. so I didn't actually get a chance to listen to more than... Like, for one of them, I listened to parts of about three episodes. Okay. Um, for another, I listened to part... For another couple, I listened to just part of one of their episodes. And I don't feel like that's a good enough snapshot for me to say, like, this podcast is good, go listen to it. Or don't listen to this podcast because of blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to... Right, no, I gotcha. Specifically, yeah. I'm, I'm not recommending... That people listen to these or not listen to these. If you have another Star Trek podcast that you love, let me know. Um, and I'd be happy to give it a listen as well. But I have this nice little window of time over break where I get to listen to more podcasts before starting my next work-related course. So I thought I'd take advantage and try and listen to some more Star Trek commentary that was out there. Gotcha. And so I was watching the episodes, I was listening to some Star Trek commentary, and it got me to a really um, reflect on sort of the big picture of what we've been seeing with some characters, which got me thinking of how problematic some aspects of the show are. So now Jen's going to rant. Go right ahead. Okay. So I have been really disliking the problematic way that the show has been dealing with the men who behave badly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have Michael Burnham, who is a mutineer, stripped of rank, life in prison. For what is ostensibly 
um, you know, I get that her crime in military terms, like, is not a gray area. So punishment had to be meted out, and they needed a scapegoat for the war. And that happened to be the black woman of color who was trying to get them to listen to Mm -hmm. how things are going to happen. Which, again, is a sort of stark reflection of our own reality right now, when women are trying to get people to listen to things Mm -hmm. and are routinely ignored. And it even happened with Captain Giorgio when she was talking to that first admiral guy who at least ended up getting killed. So that's how they've dealt with the women. No other woman has really behaved badly, so to speak, except for perhaps Laurel, Mm -hmm. who again is now a prisoner of war and was going to be either executed or something by her own people for her um, not supporting the political status quo that was unfolding there. Which was yeah. to be expected in Klingon culture. For the men, though, like, Saru, right at the end, mm-hmm. assaulted another officer. He disobeyed their mission orders. And he has expressed himself that he didn't behave well. We haven't seen if there's going to be any fallout for it, because, in you know, to give the show some credit, like they could pick this up and deal with it still. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to, but like even, and, but he expresses how he, how he dealt with Michael, who then has to do the emotional labor of trying to make him feel better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so he assaults you and he says that he was in his right mind doing it. And then you have to make him feel better about it. I was like, no, no, that's bullshit. Um, have Saru talk to someone else. Like, I know he's the commander on the ship, but, like, seriously, have him talk to Dr. Culber. That's kind of part of what doctors do, okay? They're not just there for your body, but there there should be some, you know, mental health going on there as well. So, and then if you look at, like, the Mud character who was on, who got away yeah. extremely easy, and I mean, here the show had certain constraints because of canon, but Mud repeatedly murdered people in cold blood. Like, not as an act of war, but, like, specifically... And his punishment his punishment was to get married. Yes. Like, Jesus. Yes. Yep. His punishment was to get married to a woman who later gets portrayed as a shrew. That's his punishment. Listen to a woman nag. Seriously. Yeah. And what's very interesting is like when they have the scene where his like beloved fiance come beams on board, um, how quickly he like turns into the character that he's played for her. And she even has a line where he's like trying to justify all these things and going on and on about how, oh, this is what happened. And she has this line where she says, Harcourt, I know who you are. And I'm like, does she really? Like, is she actually saying, yeah, I know you probably have murdered people. I know that when it suits your fancy, you're going to turn on me and perhaps, like, kill my father to get out of the trouble that you create. 
Like, is that really what she's saying? Or is she just so wrapped up in the fantasy that he spun for her that she doesn't know that and is just like, yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So frustrating. But I was like, really? Really? You know he's a murderer? You're okay with it? Like, I know your dad's a weapons dealer, but really? Like, could you not maybe listen to some of the things he did here? Like, yeah. So, extremely maddening. And then, the one of the more complex cases is also Lorca. Mm-hmm. Now, on the one hand... I love Jason Isaacs. I think in terms of like sheer acting performance, he has been like right there at the top of the show, knocking it out of the park. Superb performance. I love him. I love the performance. Um, I love him as an actor too, knowing him a bit on social media. But the character of Lorca is really problematic. Mm. I think like, Lorca is supposed to be problematic. Like that one I'm okay with just because yeah. I think they're handling that one correctly. And there so is still things to unfold. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen so far, he is a skilled manipulator. Mm-hmm. Like, and it makes me wonder, has he been changed because of the war? Or has the stakes gone up because of the war? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are his actions okay only when he's not potentially jeopardizing the lives of crew in a war situation? Or is the sacrifice of life okay because the stakes are higher because they're in a war situation? Mm Mm-hmm. Would he be this manipulative and cunning what if he was just commanding a science vessel? Would he still be manipulating people and using them and and doing it to further his own goals without regard for um for anyone else? Like yeah, and they're like we're getting this romanticized picture of it, which is a fault of media in general because it tells us and trains women especially that you know, men are allowed to do these things. Um, so it, it trains us into the myth that this badly behaving man in a position of power is doing it for all the right reasons, and that's okay. Or he's doing it for these reasons, but I'm benefiting it from it right now. Mm-hmm. It's okay if I'm one of his chosen because I'll get a promotion or I'll be able to you know, enjoy some of the offshoots of his power or, you know, cause I, I got that feeling from Landry that she wanted to be close to him, partly for her own benefits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, super, super problematic. Yep. So yeah, there's my big rant. If you want to rant back at me, go ahead and email. Or if like a Jen's ready uh, if for you. you have, I I'm ready. I would love to discuss it more. <laughs> um, because like I said, I I'm loving the performance, um, and this is not just a criticism of Star Trek mm-hmm. by any means. And I hate the fact that in media in general, this is the the dialogue. This is the story that 
were shown repeatedly and partly what forms our own expectations of life is what we see in the media. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we're constantly shown, you know, consequences of a woman of color, um, speaking up and trying to tell you how it is, she gets the most severe consequence possible. Um, and then there's this man who has potentially been manipulating people for his entire career, who is a captain who gets extreme leeway to do whatever the heck he wants. And like when he defies Starfleet orders indirectly through manipulation of the situation, mm -hmm. he's going to get a freaking medal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's my big ass rant. It is ridiculous. Yes. Yes. So, now that I've brought us down, <laughs> I still love Star Trek, guys. I do. And I'm really hoping. I'm... Okay, you know how hard I'm hoping with the, the conspiracy theory, Kate. You know how hard I'm hoping and willing my, my good version of things to happen. Sure, sure. What what do you want to have happen? I I don't even know anymore. They've complicated it so much. <laughs> but anyways, as hard as I'm hoping for that, I'm also hoping for a good resolution for Lorca in particular and Saru. Because for Mud, I mean, I don't think we're going to see him again yeah. in Discovery. And I didn't want to see him in the first place in in Discovery. Um so for him, it's kind of like, well, they had limited options. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll do better with like their guest stars in the future. But I want to see something better for the main characters, the, the main cast and crew. Yeah. Like, and I don't want it to be uh, like, see, I don't necessarily want it to be that Lorca gets redeemed even. Um because I don't know that that would be exactly realistic either. That, And then there's also the concept of, you know, like, uh, women having to save men from, you know, their inspiration and example sets them on the right path, which I think is a lot of garbage. Like, women shouldn't be doing that emotional work either. Yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily want to see him redeemed, but to have some actual real consequences put in place for him, um, where he reaps what he sows... Yeah, um, I don't know where there could be some tension between him and the crew because he loses some of their trust when he gets revealed. Like I, don't, I don't know. I'm not a writer. Yeah, I don't know what I want to have happen with him mm -hmm. because, like, I don't want. Hmm. Because I would like for him to have some consequences, but also, like, I don't want him. But I like him on the show, right? Like, so I yes. don't want to get rid of him. But at the same time, mm. I mean, that's that's how, like, if he were to have military consequences, why wouldn't mm -hmm. he also be, you know, imprisoned? Yeah, imprisoned for life or whatever. So, well, I don't know that any of see like most extremely manipulative people he's played it very carefully mm -hmm. so like even when he was ordered to head back to the star base and he wanted to protect the pavians he followed their order 
he headed back to the starbase using warp instead of the spore drive. Yeah. Right? Like, he was not ordered to use the spore drive. Um, he could argue why, like, lots of reasons he made that choice. Um, so, you know, and, like, even with... I'm pretty sure that he manipulated Admiral Cornwell into meeting with the Klingons so that she would get captured so that she wouldn't report on his fitness for captaincy. Yeah. Because she still has concerns of his post-traumatic stress because, you know, he pulled a a phaser on her in bed. Yeah. Um, You know, not your normal sort of reaction. Like, I think he manipulated that into being, but there's nothing you can concretely point at there that is technically a crime. Right, yeah. He told her about the situation why Sarek couldn't, you know, meet, and then knew that her own sense of duty and her own personality would, would yeah, you know, just lead to the next consequences. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think they can necessarily court-martial him. Um, all the consequences that would happen would have to be, like, how the crew interacts with him. And things like that, mm-hmm. which could lead to some interesting conflicts very far from Gene Roddenberry's vision, um, which is a little disappointing to many, I know. They might make it more that it's just his PTSD that has been the cause of the problem. And so they might be able to have some actual like work on mental health within the show. And if they go more toward that route where they explore the consequences of war on the psyche of people. Mm -hmm. I think there's a really good space for that to be explored in depth. Um, You know, I think that there would be a lot of interesting stuff there Mm -hmm. um, that they could explore. So I would love it if they went that route. Um, And if it is just more that it was uh, something that was more related to his PTSD, that he wasn't always this way. I could see where the consequences wouldn't have to be as severe. But, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. Yes, we shall see. But I do hope... I More than anything, I think I hope that Saru has uh, consequences. Because I think that they played that so that he would understand Michael more. And like understand why she did what she had done. Right. But... Right? Oh, but I hadn't thought of that. Basically, he also, like, mutinied. He turned against his commanding officer. So, yep. I hadn't thought that they might be playing that to bring Saru and Burnham together. Yeah. And I hope that they do. Um, And I hope that he does have some consequence. Or even maybe they, they explore the issue of the fact that he doesn't face the same magnitude yeah, of consequence like I, that she does mm-hmm. and they might like directly address that in the show so yeah like i don't i i don't want him to necessarily have the same level of consequences but i do want him to have some consequences as he he did ba- not the exact same thing that she did but you know he he did turn against his commanding officer there for his own gain mm-hmm. while at least burnham thought she was helping or wanted to help Hmm. Yeah. I did read one theory by a fan who said that they thought maybe Saru would get knocked down in rank 
and that uh, mm-hmm. Burnham would get promoted to be commander of the ship. No, that seems... Well, I don't I mind him don't getting like knocked that. down, but I don't think... I don't yeah. want Burnham to get promoted, at least not yet. Not so high. I don't... I don't think it's likely, because she doesn't hold rank. Like, she's there as a science advisor. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't think they knew what they are talking about, really. <laughs> um, Obviously. Yeah. So do we have any more predictions? Hmm. For the end of the season. Well, my predictions are everything that we just talked about will be ignored. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be upset. Yep. Um, and then... Hmm. <laughs> Do you think they're going to be tremendous assholes and end the first season on a uh, cliffhanger? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you think we will get to see some more good Tilly character arc? I hope so. Okay. okay so my predictions for the end of the season mm-hmm. is that it's going to end basically the same as the season break did, but with them coming back from wherever they are. Oh, okay. That'll Into whatever has happened with the Klingon War. Right. What do you think is going on with Lorel in terms of her loyalties? Like, do you think she was sincerely asking to defect, or do you think she was trying to manipulate her way onto Discovery? I think she was trying to manipulate her way onto Discovery. Okay, but did she? Yeah, she knew he was there because she saw them escape together. She. Well, she knew they escaped together, but that wouldn't necessarily translate into him being on that ship long term. Right. But still, Mm -hmm. if you're going to track someone down like that, having a ship like the Discovery is probably the way to go about it. Yeah. And also, like, if you're aiming to end the war, having you neutralize the weapon of the enemy is, again, what your target would be. Yeah. Hmm. I I if they were writing this season so that like if they hmm, if they wrote the season as like a complete story in that they because they didn't know that they were getting a season two mm-hmm. um and they decided not to be jerks, mm-hmm. I would predict that like the third or second to last episode they'd come back. And then somehow participate in the ending of the Klingon War, and Michael would do something to get her back into the good graces of the Federation. And maybe she wouldn't be made commander again, but like she would, she would at least leave. have her life sentence commuted or something. Yeah, and be able to be like sort of aborted an officer or whatever again, you know. Hmm. I almost don't want them to do that because it makes the Federation or Starfleet seem wishy washy. I guess. Like, you made a bad decision. So. I, well, the thing is, upon rewatching the first episode, like, you really see how her mutiny had absolutely zero effect yeah. on anything. Like, everything would have played out exactly the same. She had, like, she does not have a chance to carry out what she wanted to do at all. Like, 
like how does every anybody even know that she mutinied? Mm. Like Saru must have told them. Of course, yeah. Like that—that's it. Because it was all on the ship. There was no consequences outside of the ship. Mm-hmm. It was—it had absolutely nothing. Like n- no consequences happened outside of the ship because of her mutiny. No, but the chain of command exists for a reason. When, no, 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 when I the get captain that. and commander disagree, and the captain says we do A, they want to send a message that the, you know, the commander can't just like knock out their captain and do B anyways. Yeah, abs- absolutely. But I just, I just felt that the show was playing it that they were like people do. People blame her for the war. Well, yes, and for everybody dying and that sort of thing. And how do they even know? Well, they would have had media. But her emails, Kate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you tweeting about it, and my mind just went there. I was like, right, nice. the vilification of a woman in media for yeah. doing something that wasn't actually as serious as everyone was saying that she was doing. Oh, we haven't seen that recently. Fair. But I guess what I actually would have gotten more was if people blamed her for killing that Klingon. Right. But nobody ever brings that up. And that was an accident, but like that did start the war. <laughs> and I can see where she maybe blames herself for that, even though it was an accident. Mm-hmm. So I get her guilt. Mm-hmm. And because the last thing she did was betray her captain who thought of her as a daughter. And, you know, like I get where her guilt comes from for her, her like why she's punishing herself. But why everybody else seems to hate her, I don't get it all. Especially since so much of the of Starfleet and, or the Federation, I'm sorry, I didn't realize those are two different things. Um, so much of them seem to want to be at war with the Klingons. Right. Like, we keep meeting warmongering admirals and blah, 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 blah. The people within Starfleet, who's mostly what we've seen, wouldn't like her because she mutinied. Like, she attempted to take command of the ship from the captain. Um, Yeah. So, which is very serious. So, like, I get why the military people would dislike her. And it's Starfleet's first mutineer. So, for, like, a military organization, they now have their spotless record blemished. We see that the prisoners don't like her. And the other prisoners aren't Starfleet prisoners. They're just Federation prisoners, which means they were just everyday mm-hmm. citizens. And again, I think that's their reaction is probably because of the very skewed bits of information that they have available. Like, it's very easy for the common members to ha- hear, um, you know, events unfolded today resulting in a massacre and a loss of 8,000 people. Uh, Michael Burnham is being brought against charges of mutiny. Yeah. If that's the news headline you get, yeah, there are, yeah, Here, yeah. you know, like that's where people's minds are going to go, and the average citizen isn't going to know the details, perhaps, especially if they're already in, you know, prison. Um, I feel like we've probably had this conversation before. Now that you're mentioning all these things, I'm like, this feels very familiar. Jen trying to calm me down. I think I'm doing a really b- good job explaining it, though. So leave this okay. in the show. <laughs> I think we conversed about it before. I think this explanation was better. So, I gotcha. Um, 
But yeah, no, I know what you mean. And I think, too, like the way events played out, like um, there was a ki- killing of the Klingon and back and forth and what to do. And there was also a thing where they just started targeting the Klingons to get a response from them. And the Klingons had already like sent a message that they weren't aware of and Klingon ships arrived and then Federation ships, like, you know, like just the way it played out, it made it seem like it was directly the result of Michael's mm-hmm. instigating actions when in reality yeah, it wasn't. No. But they don't know that because they don't know what the Klingons were doing and when they were doing them and why. Mm-hmm. They just know we did this, then this consequence yeah. happened. I definitely feel like the Klingons and the Federation showed up ready to be fighting. You oh, know? Yeah. And then Michael got blamed for it. Yeah. Well, and honestly, even the Vulcan Hello strategy, if you're going to go up to an aggressive species and try and be aggressive... To earn their respect, be prepared for the consequence that they're going to continue to be aggressive back. Mm -hmm. Like, even the Vulcans, when they were doing it, it was a gamble. Yeah. But even if the Vulcans had been there instead of a Starfleet ship, I think the Klingons would have provoked a war with the Vulcans. Like, I think the Klingons were just in a political... They were just ready. State ready to have a war. Mm -hmm. I agree also. Yeah. So, I don't think we'll see any more parties on the ship this season. I have a feeling not. Maybe next season. Maybe. Maybe. If anyone else has theories or things to mm-hmm. share, mm-hmm. you know, send us your emails, send us your tweets. If I do end up making an Instagram account, send us your comments there. Anything else about the season or did we want to hide on, move on to your Christmas gifts? Bring it, bring it back a little bit. Yeah, let's bring the, bring it up a little bit. What Star Trek things did you get? Okay, so my husband bought me a bunch of little Star Trek things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I was really excited with and I was hoping I'd get a chance to work on and then broke my arm was he got me a little wharf... Um, like Lego kit, but it's not Lego. Oh, okay. It's a different okay, brand. Gotcha. I'm just looking at the box to see what it is. It's Kubros. I've never even heard of those. I have not either, but it's it's basically like a, a brick, interlocking brick gotcha. system. And they've done a Star Wars Hunter. They've done Worf from Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, sorry. It's done by Megablocks. Okay. Uh, they have a couple minion things, a Terminator, a Hellboy. It looks like they've got other series as well. So this is Worf from the next generation, not Worf from Deep Space Nine. So he got me that. I can't put it together with my hand in a ghast, really. So I'm sorry that I keep laughing at you. <laughs> That's okay. Um, the other thing I can't really enjoy right now <clears throat> is he got me a coloring book from Star Trek The Next Generation. So like an adult coloring book and I was flipping through the pages and they have it set up so that like on the left side there's like a quote and then on the right side there's like a coloring scene from one of the episodes and I was seriously flipping through and like getting all emotional and teared up over the quotes. I have just looked up the wharf and and he is kind of adorable especially what I presume (laughs) is supposed to be his mustache? I don't know what that is, 
but it's funny looking. Mm-hmm. Not even at all. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners or you remember, um, but I sent a tweet out and I can't remember if it was from this account or my other Twitter account, but it was the search for Spock book, which was like a Where's Waldo book. Oh, right. Yep. And I'd seen it come out and I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to buy this for my kids for Christmas. Um, So my husband, not seeing my tweet, just saw the book in a bookstore and bought it for me. I was like, oh, you found it? Did you order it? And he's like, what? I was like, I just saw it and laughed and thought of you. And I was like, wait, I tweeted about this. And he was like, really? And I was like, oh, yes, really. So uh, I looked through that a bit with my kids. They don't mm-hmm. know what Spock is supposed to look like. So they had a really hard time helping me. But as they get to know it and stuff, there's also other things to find on pages. And it's just, it's one of those things that's always kind of fun to look through the crowded page scenes and all mm-hmm. the different little things to see so that one was fun um he got me a tiki mug oh he got you the you did get the tiki mug i got the spock tiki mug very good (laughs) yes yeah and i used it on new year's eve oh fun for my malibu and pineapple drink and it was delicious i still am not sure that mr spock would goes well with malibu and pineapple i think anything goes well with malibu a maladu and pineapple like you know whatever you want really okay yeah so yeah it's really cool and we were at a friend's house who's another big star trek fan so he also really liked my spock tiki mug good good and then he got me two more things which were specifically star trek discovery things he got me the star trek discovery wall calendar and kate you will be happy to know that they clearly had to produce this calendar early on in their production because there's like, I think at least three of the months have Captain Giorgio in them. Oh, nice. And there's like mostly that Captain Giorgio. so sad though. Flipping through. <laughs> like, oh, October. Oh. There's one that's a mud picture. Mm. And I know there's at least one with Captain Lorca, but I think most of the rest are just a mix of Captain Giorgio and Michael Burnham and maybe some other support people as well. And then he also bought me the first Discovery book, the novel, that I can't remember the name of. He bought it in ebook format. And when I went to redeem it, Amazon popped up the message saying, sorry, this book is not available in your country. Please contact Amazon support for an exchange or store credit. So the thought was there. That's hilarious. And I, I have contacted Amazon customer support, but I haven't worked it out. I'll just probably get a store credit and then wait for it to become available, which hopefully it will. Can you get the physical book here? I haven't had a chance to look. Hmm. Probably. I can't see why not. And it may just be that he went to like the wrong Kindle store to buy it. Right, yeah. Um, but anyways, I'll work that out at some point. Um, that may be something I do on the um, the hiatus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is read the Star Trek Discovery novel and talk a bit about that. That'd be interesting. And then my sister, um, Kim, who does listen to our show, but I mm-hmm. think is behind, um, she did not have to get me any Christmas gifts, but she got me Christmas gifts this year. And one is a big fuzzy Mm -hmm. blanket 
it's like a twin size blanket, I guess. And it's like the Star Trek's next generation uniform blanket. Mm-hmm. And she got me the blue science and medical color. Is that your preferred uh, uniform? Probably. Okay. Yes. I if If I were in Starfleet, I would probably be either science and medical or security and engineering. Okay. So, and then the other thing she did, which was not specifically for Christmas, but she gave to me um, one of the times I saw her before Christmas was Canada Post this year had some mm-hmm. Star Trek stamps because of the, um, or this might have been come out last year, this year, I don't know, but for the big Star Trek anniversary, right. 75 years, I guess. And she had one stamp left because she used them. Why would she use them? But it's the... Because some people like to get stamps and send mail. It just... They seem like a collector's item is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you definitely can get, like, the collector thing. But she just had needed stamps to send Christmas cards. So she bought oh. Star Trek stamps. And she had one left and she gave it to me. And it is the Deep Space Nine Captain Sisko Gal Dukat one. Oh, very nice. So I'm very happy. And I may go back to Canada Post and get more of the Star Trek stamps if they still have them in stock. I just remembered that I somewhere have British 50th anniversary Doctor Who stamps. And I have no idea what I've done with those. Sorry, right, dear. Okay. And that's it. That's all the Christmas gifts I got. So if we get an Instagram set up, I might post pictures of each of those. Mm-hmm. And we will pop up a link in social media. Presumably it's all the Star Trek gifts you got, not all the gifts. Yes. No, not uh, just the Star Trek gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do other random gifts. That's, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, no. So, yeah. I did not so, get anything Star Trek themed, which is fine with yeah. me. I tried to find you a Star Trek ornament before I saw you before Christmas, but I was not able to do that. I should have thought ahead and just, like, ordered one online for you. Oh, that would have been nice. Because I know you like Christmas ornaments. I do like Christmas ornaments. Do you have a favorite Star Trek character? No. No? <laughs> no. If anything, I'd want if, the, um, the Starfleet symbol thingy, logo. Oh, okay. If they make um, some Funko Pops of the Discovery crew. Ooh. I thought you might be tempted. I don't... Oh, God. I don't need more things to collect, though. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd want Tilly. Mm-hmm. What I'd really want is one of the ship, but I don't know if they would do one. A Funko Pop of the ship? Yeah, sometimes they do, like, bigger, fun ones like that. Oh, okay. I hadn't realized you were a fan of the ship. That's good to know. I'm filing this mentally away. Oh, thanks. You don't have to yeah. buy me gifts. It may come to nothing. I'm very bad at buying gifts. Oh, so okay. good. Well, not good for your friends and family, I suppose, but... <laughs> no. I am such a bad auntie that I almost didn't get my niece and nephew anything for Christmas because I don't... This particular side of the family we don't see until New Year's Day. Mm. And so I had been trying to find something for them. I couldn't find it before Christmas. And then I thought, I'll have time between Christmas and New Year's. 
and like my office is in a mall, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then when I broke my arm and was up literally all night in the emergency, I didn't go to work the next day, which was when I was going to go and get their Christmas gifts. So, but I did end up going out another time and getting them something for Christmas. It was all good. I was not the worst auntie ever. And I don't really think we have anything more on like fan theories and stuff, but one of our listeners, Strangely Mm -hmm. Literal, did send us a link to an article um, from Mm -hmm. Black Nerd Problems. And in this article, they go through some different fan theory stuff. And it's a pretty good overview of some some things that we've talked about and uh, just their thoughts on the show as well. So if Kate remembers, she will throw it up in the show notes so anyone who wants to read it. That's a no pressure, Kate. That's a big if Kate remembers. <laughs> if Kate doesn't remember, maybe Jen will just tweet it afterwards. I will. I will try to remember. That's the problem with doing my editing at three in the morning. I'm usually just like, oh, done, good, bye, sleep. Yeah. And yeah, I guess we should look. I'm maybe now looking at Christmas ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm uh, I'm typing up the the gift ideas for you. Okay. Very nice. Um. Thank you once again for listening. Did we want to do recommendations or fortune cookie? Oh, yeah. I do not have a fortune cookie ready um, because I didn't, like, watch anything. But if we wanted to do a fortune, we could do a fortune. Um, well, let's save it for next episode when we'll have people okay. again. Um, so f- I wanted to do recommendations this year specifically because, you know, it's the new year. And Mm -hmm. people have goals and resolutions and things. Right. And aside from that, I always see a lot of people, like people I respect. Oh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted recently something along the ideas. Like, if you have an idea for a podcast, just don't. Oh, really? Yeah. And I suspect they were aiming that at like possibly politically minded people that they don't want to hear from. Right. But possibly not. And I just wanted to put out... And also, uh, sorry, there's a very popular podcast out there literally called Stop Podcasting Yourself. I've seen that one <laughs> yeah. recently, yeah. And I just wanted to put out the recommendation that if you want to do a podcast, just do it. It's cheap yeah. and relatively easy. Like, you can almost do it for free. Yeah. If you, you know, just cut some corners. And... In fact, you can do it for free. We don't, and a lot of people don't, but you pretty much can. Mm-hmm. As long as you have the underlying equipment to yeah. do it. Yeah. Which, I mean, really crappy audio quality. You could almost do it all on your phone, too. Yeah, you, you absolutely could. Uh, I mean, and you can use your computer microphone, although I do recommend finding your computer microphone first because a lot of them put it like right in the keyboard. Yeah. Which means yeah. clicky clicky while you yeah. are recording. But it's it's relatively easy. It's fun if you like it. If you have something you want to talk about, just do it. Yes, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts out there. But uh, like Jen and I are part of a, a Facebook group called Lady Pod Squad. And even there, every week I see new ideas and, you know, people just starting something because they had an idea that they didn't think was out there. didn't think it had been done. And it immediately takes off. Mm-hmm. And... 
and, and there's there's value to multiple perspectives. Like absolutely, yes. I was listening to multiple Star Trek podcasts, and in one of the ones that I was listening to, they do like a scene by scene breakdown and recap of what happened, and talk about what they like and they don't like. And there is absolutely like a place for that if you like to go through it on a very detailed level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about it more in terms of like the themes of the show and the story and the characters. Um, you know, one of the other shows that I was listening to was a lot more, was similar to our, our style, but they were a lot more critical of some of the characters. Like they did not like Stamets at all, which sort of boggled my mind. I was like, what? You don't like Stamets? That is um, odd. Yeah, I was like, really? but I guess they're entitled and, to their opinion. Whatever, whatever. Do your own podcast. That's right. And like, <laughs> if you don't like the ideas that are you're hearing on one podcast, and there's nothing else out there, make your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Add your voice to it. Absolutely. And and yeah, so that's what I wanted to recommend this week. If you're even just thinking about it. Do your best to just find the time to do it. And I know that that, finding the time, can be the most difficult part of doing a podcast. But I've, you know, I've loved podcasts for a very long time. And they're a good way to be a part of a community without, if you're not a creative person. Like, I find fandom-wise at any rate, it's hard to be mm-hmm. a part of the fan community if you're not an artist or a writer or somebody who can write essays or you know what I mean? But so they're a good way to be a part of the community in, in that, in a different way. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You can contribute into a fan community. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people feel like if they're not doing fan art or if they're not writing fan fiction or if they don't have time to be the person bringing up all these wonderful scholarly ideas, you know, on a forum or something like that, um, that there's nothing that they can give back. But I don't think that's true. And I mean, the Star Trek community is a really good example because there's a lot of different um, takes on it. Uh, there's so much there's so much Star Trek that there's so much fandom and so many different pockets of fandom I guess yeah yeah but again it doesn't have to be a fandom podcast Um, you know if there's a thing in life that you're passionate about just do it if you want to Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. yeah if this thought terrifies you then this recommendation may not be for you. Yeah, no, if you don't want to do a podcast and you're content just listening, then continue on. Yes. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is if you don't want to do your own podcast, but you do enjoy listening to them, then I recommend just um, if something speaks to you in an episode, uh, send an email, send a tweet. We love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really do. Even if you've never done it before, um, trust me, when the podcast hosts uh, get feedback, even if it's just to say like, hey, we really enjoyed your last show, or, you know, I think the point you made about blah was great. Or the um, other, like, or, you could have done this better, or blah, 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 as long as you're respectful. I mean, that's great, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to call us out on stuff, as long as you're respectfully addressing it, absolutely. 
Um, if you want to say, you know, Jen, I think you're absolutely totally wrong about Lorca, and here's the reasons why he's a great guy, go for it. Please do. Um, Please call Jen wrong all the time. <laughs> Kate will particularly enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like, even if you don't want to start a podcast, um, but you want to be more involved, know, but you want to be more involved, mm-hmm. then yeah, do give some comments and feedback because the podcast creators love that. So long as you're respectful. And if you start a podcast, A, I recommend finding a community of podcasters because that's just Mm -hmm. more fun. And B, if you only get 10 listeners, that's fabulous too. Like, I'm pretty sure we have about 10 listeners. Yeah, I think we're we're solidly in the 10s column for listeners. Absolutely. Like, do it because you like it, not because you want to be popular. That's right. That's right. And on that note, uh, don't forget to rate and review us and recommend (laughs) us to your (laughs) friends. And recommend us to all your friends. <laughs> because your rates and reviews help other listeners find us. To be fair, I think we have like 50, 50 listeners. Oh, I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time. That's one of my one of my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> is to I mean, all you have to do uh, is sign in to WordPress and they're right there on the I front know. page. Can't I know, them. I know. But since you do all the editing, it's usually you who signs in. So one of my resolutions is to like at least sign into the website once a week and like just take a look at what's going on. Maybe find a plugin that'll help with some retweeting of our stuff. I don't know. Something. <laughs> yes. I have podcasting <laughs> resolutions. No, that's so, so do I. So that, well, I don't really set resolutions. I have goals. Yes. Yep. Um, and after we record, we should discuss our goals and maybe <laughs> see if any of them match. <laughs> Okay, I was thinking about my other goal that you know about, but yeah, okay. Even goals for this. So, that makes sense. Yes. So yeah, can we make that just our joint recommendation, or do you want a recommendation from no, me No, 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 that can be joint, because you, you jumped on, and I, I thought yeah. you would jump Cause, on. Because the only other thing I would recommend is um, grippy socks. That's, that's <laughs> really the only thing that popped in my head today was... Don't be a ninja in your kitchen unless trained. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you are Maybe a Marsh- turtle. Then go right ahead. That's right. Or a ninja. Yeah, if you are yeah. a ninja and or a turtle, then go right ahead. Side note, if you're a turtle and you listen to our show, please let us know. <laughs> Crowning achievement. There's podcast call number one. Yes. Okay, so if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to us on Twitter at command of her own or by email a command of her own at gmail.com uh awkward bye sure i've been jen and uh, oh yeah we sign out now and i've been caitlin happy new year happy new year. bye bye not one of our worst ones <laughs> the goodbye no yeah the, we've had worse yeah.